Sears Canada announced today that they are in trouble and have doubts that they can continue to operate. That's a scary thought. Bruce Winder is co-founder and partner at the Retail Advisors Network. He's on the show right now. Bruce, welcome. Hey, thanks a lot. Hey, Bruce, so we've seen several Sears outlets closing in the last few years. Has the writing been on the wall since then? It really has. You know, it's something that uh, none of us in the industry are really surprised at. I mean, they haven't really generated any cash from operations in five years, and they've been on a slow decline for several years. And, you know, we, all of us in the industry, we're kind of just waiting for this announcement to happen. So it's not, not a surprise. I understand they've been trying to reinvent themselves. Was that part of the problem? Well, you know, that is part of the problem because I think they try to reinvent themselves one too many times. Um, you need to really do the homework up front, set a strategy and stick with the strategy and modify it as needed. But they, they sort of reinvented a new strategy every year or two mm. and probably confused the consumer along the way. I understand that, you know, Sears uh, in the States is doing okay. Why would can- the Sears Canada not just follow their model? Actually, Sears in the U.S. is in trouble just the same as Really? Canada. Yeah, they announced in March a very similar type of announcement that they could have problems with liquidity over the next little while. So it's really a parallel story in the U.S. as it is in Canada, which sort of exacerbates the issue. How do these, you know, these trusted brands for years um, fall apart like this? Well, it's a great question, and I'm, we're not, I'm not sure we'll ever know. But I mean, I know that when it was originally bought, um, you know, it was probably bought and you know used. Um, some people say it's used as a bit of a piggy bank by the owner mm. um, versus really reinvesting in the business um, to keep new formats. Because in retail, you can't stand still; you have to keep investing in your stores investing in strategy, investing in people, investing in technology, investing in marketing. And I would argue that, you know, Sears in Canada and the U.S. just didn't do enough of that over the last decade or so. You know, our, Lou Skies is, is our uh, AM640 business analyst. He he told us once on the show, and I, I've never forgotten this, that, you know, I asked about Hudson Bay and how they keep buying up places. And he said, basically, they're a big landlord now. Yeah, they really are. I mean, HBC is really a real estate company with a side order of retail operations. Um, And Richard Baker, their founder, is a brilliant real estate strategist. Um, But, um, you know, I think at some point, uh, you know, they have to sit down and say, okay, we own all these things. How do we make these assets productive as, as real estate or as retail assets? And that's something they've struggled with in the last couple of years. Well, you know, uh, one of the things I thought of when I heard this announcement this morning, I was just waking up. I thought, oh, my gosh, we, th- we have a few large appliances that we bought from Sears and we bought service contracts on those appliances. What, what happens then if Sears, you know, falls apart? What happens to your, your uh, contracts? Yeah, it's a great question. I don't have a direct answer on that, but I'm assuming that, you know, there could be some risk there, right? Because if the company does, in fact, go into CCAA or bankruptcy, you know, those warranties or those service agreements may become null and void. If someone, you know, and, and what will probably happen is, they, you know, the manufacturers may try to pick some of them up. Mm. Um, if, 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 you know, if, if the manufacturer, if the product was Kenmore, it might be tougher because that's Sears private label. But, you know, if you bought a Westinghouse fridge from Sears, most manufacturers or most uh, consumers are just going to phone Westinghouse and say, okay, you know, what are you going to do for me, right? But it definitely is going to create some confusion. Sure. And, um, you know, it's just and that's one of the reasons too. a lot of us on this side have argued that that's hurt Sears, because a lot of folks say, hey, do I want to buy a major appliance or a large item from a company that may be bankrupt in two or three years? Yeah, The deals were good. 
They were, and, that, and that's what we yeah. think a lot of people sort of stayed away from Sears because yeah. of that very reason that they weren't going to get after-sales service. Right. Um, what happens to malls if these anchor department stores can't survive? Well, malls, I mean, a lot of, one would, one would argue that a lot of the malls have already planned for this. Like, I mean, the writing has been on the wall for Sears for some time now, so it's not a shock. Having said all that, it's not going to help the mall situation, right? I mean, we still have 30 to 40 Target stores in Canada mm-hmm. that haven't been filled. And Sears has between, I think, 70 to 80 stores still that they operate. And it's just going to create more problems for malls because Sears is an anchor in many malls, right? It was an anchor in many malls. Mm-hmm. And now malls are going to be forced to try to find other ways of filling that space, whether it's a, you know, a daycare or a restaurant or, you know, a fitness uh, location or something like that. It's definitely um, another another sort of nail in the coffin of malls, if you will. Bruce, I'm shocked when I go to places like Sherway and I see that they're opening a Nordstrom soon or a Saks Fifth Avenue. You know, they're opening it at certain malls. It, are this are the anchor stores, those big department stores that cater to high-end clientele surviving? Um, are, they, is there, are they just healthier? Because I also walk through those and think, who's, who's buying this? How do they afford yeah. this high-end, uh, you know, product? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I would argue that uh, malls have become polarized. So, you know, there's a few malls. If you look at the Toronto area, you've got, you know, the Yorkdale, the Eaton Center, the Sherway Gardens, et cetera. Those are, the, those are the real luxury malls. And luxury malls are filled with the retailers you mentioned before, the Saks and the Nordstrom and things like that. And, you know, there is quite a question about who's buying things. I mean, certainly Canada has, an, has affluent consumers and they're buying there. But, you know, is, is, are we overstored within luxury? That's mm-hmm. another debate. Um, but malls that are not luxury malls, malls that are sort of B and C malls, are going to uh, are going to face a lot of headwinds because um, folks are buying things online, you know, or folks are going to Dollarama uh, or maybe Walmart, and sort of middle retail has had it, has had it hard, and definitely malls are going to you know malls are um, are going to face some challenges. And the U.S. mall traffic's down about ten percent. I haven't seen the number for Canada yet, but you got to know it's not uh, it's not up over last year. Yeah, you just walk through a mall. I mean, I can leave work tonight, and it's just uh, you can bowl in the malls and not hit anybody in some cases. Absolutely, absolutely. Bruce, I really appreciate your time today. Have yourself a fantastic afternoon. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me on. Take All care. right, thanks so much, Bruce.